Hello, and welcome to the Subnormal Podcast. My name is Lauren, and this is a podcast where I interview artists with spiritual practices, because sometimes what inspires us artistically is also what fuels us spiritually, and sometimes the other way around. Today's episode is the last episode of this year. And to close out this year, I'm actually using a conversation from way back when, back before my life got a little upheaved and there was a lot of change. So when I was listening back to this conversation that I am so excited to share today, it was honestly like a breath of fresh air listening to all these words again after so much time. Today's episode is with a beautiful maker named Julia. Julia makes natural and herbal infused salves, face oils, and all the things you can imagine for pampering and loving on yourself, including eye pillows filled with herbs, And what I think is so powerful in this conversation is how Julia really sees the self-care and community care as so intertwined. In our conversation today, we talk about being able to just slow down and apply these sort of things, these salves, these oils, these tools in a way that allows us to just be mindful in our day-to-day, but also about how we can give back, how we can be mindful of our footprint and try to ensure that we're being eco-conscious in as many ways as possible, even in ways that I hadn't considered before this conversation. We talk about how to give back, what that looks like in her business. And I just think it's such a perfect way to close out this year by being reminded to slow down, to take stock, reflect, see where you can give, how you can care for yourself with more grace and tenderness, and how that tenderness shares, it grows how we are able to extend that tenderness to others in such sweet, sweet ways. But before we dive into the conversation, make sure to definitely check out her work. Her website is julialise.com and you can find her on IG at Shop. All one word, all connected, all lowercase. And of course, as always, those links will be in the show notes as well. If you're looking for a little self-care for yourself, not even for anyone else, just a little self-care for the end of the year, I definitely recommend you check out her work. I think the self-care tools are definitely needed, especially when some of us can extend ourselves a lot during this time of the year, trying to make everyone else happy. But with that said, (laughs) a little bit of housekeeping. Of course, if you would like to support this podcast, there are a few ways you can do that. One would be just to follow this podcast on all the platforms that allow you to do so, including Spotify. If you follow a podcast, it kind of lets Spotify know 
that, hey, I like this, and we'll get it out to a few more people. If you would also like to monetarily support the podcast, it'd be greatly appreciated. I have a Patreon, and in that Patreon, I like to think of it as non-toxic art school. And in fact, our last ritual on there, which all recordings are available once you join, um, was all about bringing mindfulness to our work as creatives and kind of doing some embodiment practices. So if you're interested in getting really witchy and spiritual with your creative craft, or if you just want to support the podcast, check out that link in the show notes as well. All the information that you need is available there, including the bio of this amazing artist. But with all that said, it is the first day of Capricorn season when I'm recording this. So just want to give a shout out to all my fellow Capricorns. It's finally our time. Yay. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy this conversation and let's just dive right in. Well, um, on a practical level, if we had had this conversation a few weeks ago, I would have said my website because I just recently launched a brand new website, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's a bit more comprehensive than what I had before, which was really just a online shop. Um, so this gives me a little bit more opportunity to share more about what my products can do for folks and how they can support people. Um, and I am just, yeah, excited that it's out there because I spent like two months really doing that since I'm not a web designer, but mm -hmm. um, know enough to, to be able to do that. Um, so that's super exciting. And one of the reasons that I was inspired to do that was because I have been over the last year or two, especially really thinking a lot more, um, working on how to share my products with folks in a way that they really understand what can what can they receive in terms of support from using the products that I make. So obviously there's sort of the physical surface level support of healing and moisturizing um, from the herbs and the oils and the different products that I create, um, you know, how they physically can help people, but also that my goal is really that people will use them as sort of tools to, um, I, I like to say kind of infuse small moments of self-care throughout their day. Some people, mm. a lot of people don't have the time to, you know, spend hours or a whole day, you know, pampering themselves or, you know, kind of even, you know, like going to get a massage or even, you know, taking long baths and things like that. But, you know, even just taking a few moments during your day to like pause um, take some deep breaths. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if something like a massage oil or a salve can help people kind of have that sort of physical reminder to like, take a few moments as you're like rubbing some salve into your hands to like, just pause and not do it as you're rushing on to the next thing in your day. So, um, I've really been working a lot on like how to communicate that message mm -hmm. to folks, um, about, um, 
you know, my products really being, yes, skincare products, but also really more um, to help support people in their own self-care. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I hear in what you're saying, it sounds like a lot of mindfulness, like this self-care of slowing down and having that mindfulness, that awareness of, of how that care impacts on your day to day. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I have two kids under the age of 10. And Mm -hmm. so I feel very like I really understand what it's like to, Mm -hmm. you know, and even for people who aren't parents, you know, everyone has busyness in their lives in, you know, for whatever reasons. Um, You know, sometimes I get stuck, like looking through the lens of things as a parent, but like I recognize that like whether you are a parent or not or you know people have so much going on and people give care in so many ways to other people whether it's their children their partners other family or community members pets um you know so i think that we cannot like give of ourselves if we are not cared for and so that's really like one of my core values and philosophies in making my products and sharing them is like self-care is not only about taking care of yourself. Take You are valuable and you are worthy of care. And also when you are cared for, not only will you feel better, but you will then be able to like care for those around you um, more fully mm-hmm. and you'll be able to show up and be that, you know, fullest version of yourself, whoever that is and whatever it is that you have to offer you'll be able to do that in the the biggest way possible if if you're really cared for and you know that can look like a lot of different things to different people um but you know when we're always rushing from one thing to the next we start to lose the connection to our bodies and Mm we you know you like forget that you are a person with a body you know because you're just you know, doing all the time and you're not being as much. And, and it's really easy in our society under capitalism to, you know, for, to let that happen and it's no one's fault. And, and it's just sort of how we've been, um, you know, brought up and how, how we've been, you know, integrated into our society to kind of just do that and just go, go, go. And yet when we can stop and kind of step out of that a little bit, then we can kind of get more connected to our own bodies. And then therefore, like you are able to really more see the humanity in other people too. And I think Mm. it really helps you. Like when you remember that you're a person you can then remember that everyone around you is a person too, and that we're all deserving of care. So I think that's, that's really one idea. And, and I think that with, you know, my products being skincare products, primarily that you use, you know, when you touch your body, when you put the things on your body and you're rubbing them in, or you're touching your arms or your legs or your face, it like, helps, you know, it gives you that physical reminder again of like that connection to your body. Um, so yeah, it is, it is a lot about mindfulness, um, which I think can be a term that some people, you know, maybe not doesn't resonate with people or they're like, well, I don't meditate or I'm not 
you know, but I think again, something as it, I want it to feel accessible. Um, mm -hmm. So I want it to be like, oh, well, if you, you know, this is a product that may be familiar to you. And when you do this, here's a, a here's an idea of something you can think about or something you can practice while you're moisturizing your dry skin. <laughs> yes. I, I love that you brought up um, even like mindfulness as like, well, that connection to meditation, because I think a lot of us, as you're talking about self-care, self-care is such a important like concept right now. And this idea of anything can almost be a meditation that that mindfulness is a meditation. It's more of an active meditation because you're taking time to slowly just integrate to your own body. And I, I really love what you mentioned as far as bringing more awareness to our own in order to, and, and that compassion to ourselves in order yeah. to create that space for each other, which is such a necessary thing right now. It is so hard to remember to be compassionate because we're all so, so, so tightly wound right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just, yes, we're all so tightly wound and we're all, you know, we can be so divided, mm -hmm. you know, obviously there's, you know, all like political divisions and people with different beliefs and just, you know, even beyond that, like we get so wrapped up in our own lives and what's right in front of us and our own needs and our own worries and anxieties. And it's hard to see, you know, feel, as you said, that compassion for people around us, even if it's not that we disagree with them or we think we're on a different side of some issue than someone else. But it's like, it can just be hard to see past our own needs sometimes. So I think um, mm -hmm. remembering like that we're all, you know, humans. <laughs> right. Um, and that, and that, yeah, we're, you know, we all are worthy of, of compassion and, and care, I think is, is something that it's easy to lose sight of, but, mm -hmm. um, but when we do remember that, um, you know, it just feels better. <laughs> You know, Absolutely. it feels, it feels good to connect with other people. That's, you know, that's we're social beings. And so, um, you know, connecting to yourself and then connecting to others, it's, you know, that's how things get better. Absolutely. You mentioned before we started recording that you, um, worked with a nonprofit and I'd be just curious to know a little bit more about how that experience has influenced the work you do now, or even what was the nonprofit that you worked with? Because the nonprofit sector can be super fascinating. There's so many avenues. Yeah. So um, I worked for, um, before I started this business, um, I worked for over a decade doing fundraising for um, a few different nonprofits. I used to live out in the Bay Area in California, and so I worked with a couple organizations out there. And mm -hmm. then um, when I moved to Minneapolis, I um, worked for about nine years um, with a small social service agency that um, works with families and children who are living in poverty and are at risk for abuse and neglect mm -hmm. to their young children. Um, so they're families that have um, 
early childhood age children, so zero to five. Um, and so I was doing fundraising, so I wasn't working directly with the families or children, but I was talking about the work a lot and, you know, getting support for the work that we were doing. And so that was something that, you know, even when I was a teenager, I, whenever, you know, in high school and stuff, it would be, you know, like, what, what do you want to do when you grow up kind of conversations? I always was like, well, I'm going to work for a nonprofit. And I didn't know exactly mm. what type of work, like, I was really into, you know, environmental causes and social justice. And I, you know, started an Amnesty International chapter of my school, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And so I, I didn't know exactly what issue or exactly what type of work. And I kind of unintentionally fell into fundraising after college and found that um, it it was really fulfilling most most often when I was working at an organization that I really cared about the work that was happening because it was a lot easier to ask for money um, if I really believed in in the work. And so it didn't mm -hmm. feel like, you know, a lot of people are really uncomfortable asking for money. And, and sometimes I am too, but it didn't feel like asking for money. It felt like this is something really important and really really making a difference in this community. And I'm mm -hmm. inviting you to join us in this work. And for some people that was by volunteering and for other people it was by writing a check. Um, so, um, you know, as I said before, everyone has different gifts to offer. And so for, for some people that is money and not everyone, but, um, mm -hmm. but when I felt really passionate, which I did for this, this one organization that I worked at for a long time, um, it, it, it felt almost easy to, to ask for support because the work that the home visitors and that the teachers were doing with the families was so important. And I could see that it was making such a difference in these families' lives that, you know, I was like, everyone should, should know about this and everyone should, should have the opportunity to be part of this um, in some way. And so that was where I was at for a long time. And then, um, yeah, about... Uh, a little over six years ago, after my second kid was born, I, my family and I made the decision that I was going to leave that job and kind of stay home with my kiddos. But like being a stay at home full time parent was like not really what I was hoping for. <laughs> um, and um, so we were like, how can I do this and also have some other kind of fulfillment beyond just parenting. So mm -hmm. um, I had already started making these products as sort of a hobby and was selling them kind of on the side for fun. And so we decided that I would, you know, make it into more of like a business business instead of a hobby business. And so that was kind of what happened. But yeah, I've kind of, you know, one thing I have kind of struggled with a bit is like, how how is this really making a difference? And how is this really helping people um, because that's really, you know, what I have always felt called to do is like helping other people in one way or another. And so I think, you know, certainly there's the, the help in terms of like, I've heard, you know, time over or, you know, time and time again from customers that my products are supportive just physically. They, you know, they feel good. They work on people's skin or their hair, or, you know, they, they help people feel better. Um, 
And so that is really rewarding. Obviously, that's that's great. Um, and it feels good to know that like I'm making something with my hands that other people are using and with with great ingredients that I feel confident in, you know, with herbs that were grown locally and and different oils and and know that I can create these products that then other people will use and feel really good about and and want to keep using. And that feels great. Um, but even beyond that, you know, what what deeper level um, can I support people on? And so that's kind of where I've been going with this thought process of, um, you know, moving into kind of thinking of my products as more tools for self-care um, that will kind of inspire people to feel like self-care is more accessible to them. Mm -hmm. I just think that's really incredible coming from that background, coming from like the, that sort of space and transitioning is very fascinating to me. Of course, I think a lot of creators, you know, they come from a different world and then on some level, bring that with them mm-hmm. into the creative work, into um, the physical items that they create. And it's just really fascinating. One thing that you mentioned that I thought was really powerful was talking about asking for money. As someone who worked in fundraising, you know, for a nonprofit, it's like, wow, this is bigger than me, guys. We got to this is community care. This isn't about me. This is us and and how we help each other. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, you know, ultimately as creators, small business owners, it's harder to translate that into the work that we do, even though, you know, not to say that it's just as important or even more important, but it has that level of that value to it, especially when the intention is there. And I'm curious, how has that aspect translated for you? Because that can be so hard for artists and creators to ask for money or ask for what they're worth. Um, How has that looked for you going from that area of the world to where you are now? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it goes back to, you know, what I was saying before, when you really believe in the work it's easier to ask for money because it's not just asking for money it's like Mm -hmm. inviting someone to be part of it and i remember you know going back even further once i think i was in college and i worked over a summer for um an organization in new york where i grew up and it was like door-to-door fundraising for um an organization that was trying to work to get like toxic waste sites cleaned up in communities. And so I was going, you know, again, like I was going like to people's houses and knocking on the door and, and the, um, before we went out every day, we would, you know, the, the, our bosses would like give us a little pep talk about, you know, if there was any update on the, you know, on the issue or anything like that or whatever. And there was one day that they were like, you know what, go out today and just don't even ask for money. Just go out and tell people what the issue is. Tell people that there is a toxic waste site in their neighborhood that, um, you know, the city or the county or whoever is like trying to build a playground on top of without really cleaning it up. Or they're trying to just cover it with a 
field where, you know, kids are going to play without really doing the necessary remediation and just go out and tell people and just don't ask for the money. And it was the idea, I think, was to, you know, get us to reconnect to like the why of why we were doing this, even though we were all just like college kids, like Mm -hmm. having a summer job. Um, And so many people wanted to give us money even though we weren't even asking for it because they were like, oh my goodness, thank you for telling us about this. Like, how can we help? And we were like, well, if you really want to, you know, you can donate to this, but like, we're not even here asking for that. We're just here to inform you about what's going on in your community. And so I think that I always kind of remember that experience because it's, it just reminds me of like, you need to stay connected to your, your, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you making what you're making, you're doing it not just for you, you know, even if you are an artist that has, you know, this well of creative passion inside of you that, you know, just needs to come out, but like, it also serves other people in one way or another. And so if you can reconnect to that, then it becomes a lot easier to sell whatever you're making for what it's really worth or, you know, provide whatever service you're offering for what you're really worth, because what you're providing is valuable to other people. And so it's not just like, I know, I mean, I sometimes feel awkward about selling things for a certain price, but, you know, honestly, like last fall, I actually raised my prices a bunch and I was really nervous about it, but it felt so good because then I felt more sustained by what I was doing. I don't Mm -hmm. think I really lost customers by that. And I feel more able to keep doing what I'm doing. If I know, I know that I'm being more supported by it financially because, you know, that's important, you know, like good, you know, we all, we all need that. We, we live in this world in capitalism. And so we, we have to make money. And so I feel better about it because I can, you know, make a sale or, you know, go to a pop-up market and leave and be like, wow, that went really well. And I feel good. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep doing it. And you're not so run down and burnt out by it because you're not being paid what, what you really need. And, and you know, that you're supporting other people and you're serving other people and providing something of value. And so, you know, I, that's kind of, I guess what I, what I bring to that from my experience fundraising is like feeling passionate about what, what I'm offering and why I'm offering it and how it can really support people and, and then being sustained by it to be able to keep doing it and offering it to more people. Mm. I absolutely love that sentiment. Like that was everyone listening to this conversation, I think (laughs) should write some of that down because that's a, it's just so profound. And it's just so nice to hear that. And I think your experience definitely has brightened up even a lot of concepts around money and asking for money. And really for us as spiritual businesses, the why really does come first, but we get wrapped up speaking for myself included. We get wrapped up sometimes with, well, how do I ask for money to sustain. And it's like, just focus on the why, just focus on talking about the toxic waste that's in the neighborhood and that, you know, lay the foundation and people will enter the space so ready because you've allowed them to be, um, fully educated on 
what the why is and how it can create an impact. And I think a lot of small businesses can really just resonate with that so deeply because so many small businesses, especially spiritual small businesses, there's a big component of how do we make this world better? We are not just like trying to create for the sake of creating. It's what impact do we leave? And I hear that so much through like every aspect of what you're sharing is how valuable the impact is over everything else. I love that. Yeah, thanks. I I agree. I mean, that's, you know, and, and I don't want to make it out like it's as easy as that. Like it's still sure. hard, you know, sometimes to find the right people who, you know, are your audience or who will really benefit um, from your products or services or art that you're sharing. Um, you know, there's still challenges involved, but I think that definitely you know, remembering both that like what you're, you're doing what you're doing for a reason, like you said, that, you know, we're trying to serve other people in, in a certain way um, and, and leave an impact. Mm -hmm. um, and also just even beyond like the impact that we're trying to make with what we're offering, think about, you know, what do you do in your personal life that needs to be supported by your work. So, you know, do you donate your own time or money outside of your work? You know, I, you know, like to, you know, in my business, I have made a commitment in the last couple of years that I donate 5% of my sales to different organizations or sometimes individuals or even sometimes supporting other local small businesses. Um, I try to support a lot of like BIPOC owned businesses that mm -hmm. are in my neighborhood, not by like buying things necessarily from them with that 5%, but like, you know, sometimes they're doing a GoFundMe to expand their business or start or open a retail space or, you know, something like that. And um, I like to be able to support other organizations or mutual aid efforts in my community with that. And then also just in my own personal life, like being more sustained by my business allows me to give back in other ways or care for people in my community or, you know, just have the more, more mental and emotional bandwidth to like be a good parent to my kids, which I think of mm -hmm. as a social justice act. Um, Absolutely. And so, so I, you know, you need to be both able to leave that impact through your business and helping other support other people who are benefiting from that. And then also you need to be able to be supported by your business so that you can, you know, be your fullest self in the world. You know, be, that's an act of self-care as well. Absolutely. I love the aspect that you keep bringing up that seems really central to who you are and the work that you do. And that's really the focus on community care. I know that you mentioned um, earlier that self-care for you is also an aspect of community care. And I, I personally can totally see that that really resonates with me, but I'd love for you to share your reflections a little deeper on that, just for folks who this, I, this concept might be a little alien, um, what that looks and sounds like for you or to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the places that I first started to hear that idea was um, 
I don't know if you ever um, have seen or followed this woman. Um, I'm going to blank on her actual name, but her um, Instagram is the Nap Ministry. Um, Never heard no. of her. I love okay. it. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. So she taught, she's, um, oh my gosh, I feel terrible that I'm blanking on her real name, but um, she is a um, black woman who uh, she refers to herself as the Nat Bishop. And she has this um, Instagram and website organization called the Nat Ministry. And she talks a lot about the power of rest and rest being restorative. Mm -hmm. And I listened to um, an interview with her maybe almost two years ago on a podcast. Um, and she was talking about, you know, how rest is a revolutionary act. And, and when you have restorative and regenerative rest, that, that, you know, kind of going back to some of the things I was saying earlier, I really got a lot of these initial ideas from her about like connecting to your own humanity and then being able to connect to the humanity of others. Because when you rest, when you connect to your body, you know, you're able to, you know, more remember as we were talking about earlier, like that, you know, your own, humanity. And so I think that following her and, and her ideas about rest um, started to give me some of these ideas. And then I just really feel that. So I just want to kind of like give credit to where um, yeah. I learned about some of this for sure. Um, and um, some of these ideas about self-care as community care, to me, it really just means like when you can care for yourself and you can feel more restored and not so run down and burnt out and that you are then able to show up every day in your life as like the fullest, most complete version of yourself, not like your best self. Like you don't have to be your best self every day. Everyone has hard right. days. Right. Everyone has struggles and challenges. So I, I'm not trying to be sort of gaslighty about like how people feel and, and, sure. you know, the real struggles that people have, but like that you can, you know, really, when you really can care for yourself as deeply as you need, and that looks different for everybody, then you really are able to show up more as your, your fullest self, whatever that means. And, and that each person has our own unique talents and gifts to share with other people, ways that we care for other people. You know, again, for some people, it might be cooking meals for people in their community. For some people, it might be donating money if, if that's what they have to give. For some people, it might be, you know, taking care of their kids and raising their kids to be good humans in the world. For some people, it might be cleaning up a park. You know, I mean, there's just so many different things. It doesn't have to look the same for everyone. But when you're cared for, you will then have the energy and the the wherewithal really to to show up and and offer what you have to offer and to realize what you have to offer because some people don't always know that they have something to offer other people and and I truly believe that everybody does what no matter what it is um and so when you can care for yourself you can then show up and care for others and so that is really sort of the crux of what I mean by self-care is community care is taking care of yourself is an act of love for everyone um, because we all need that and we're all worthy of that. Absolutely. Well, I would love to know more about your products. I know I kind of looked around, I checked out your new website. It's 
so cute and clean. Um, <laughs> but what for you is your favorite product that you make? Mm, okay. People ask me that a lot and it's really, <laughs> really hard to answer, but I would say, and it changes, um, because I do use pretty much everything I make and I have things like all over my house. So I'm like, mm -hmm. sometimes I'm just like use whatever's closest by, but I would say, um, one thing, oh, it really is hard to choose because I have a few real staples that I use a lot. Um, I would say the three, okay, four that I, <laughs> I can't choose. It's like a favorite kit. Um, the four that I use the absolute most are, I use the face serum um, pretty much every day. And that I really feel, I mean, well, I guess all of them, but that one I really am like, when I put that on in the morning, I, you know, just like rub it on. It's, it's an herbal infused. All my oils are infused with herbs. Mm. Um, and it's, um, I call it balancing face serum because it, I found, you know, after using it for a while, when I first created it, that it really was balancing. And I had a lot of, a few different people test it out and try it out for me and like people with different skin types and stuff. And it seemed to work really well with people with a lot of different skin types. And so that word really resonated with me as far as what it does for you and mm -hmm. i just you know use it like a moisturizer on my face and when i rub it in i like kind of give my face a little massage and like cover my eyes and take a few deep breaths so that's um mm -hmm. like one product that i find really restorative also mm -hmm. um in term you know kind of in terms of what i was talking about earlier is like using these products as like a physical tool to to care for yourself and that's something that takes like a minute or, you know, less than a minute even. Um, and so that's the thing is a lot of people and even myself sometimes feel like I don't have time to use su such and such type of product. But when, when I do, I'm like, oh, what am I talking about? Like this takes mm -hmm. like a couple minutes. Everyone, you know, you can have a couple minutes. Um, and so that's one. Um, I also use the peaceful body oil as a moisturizer all over my body, especially after I shower. Um, and that's uh, an olive and jojoba oil that's infused with calendula which is really an herb that's really healing for your skin and promotes skin cell regeneration so that's really healing and it has like a really beautiful scent that i just love um that's a combination of um lavender grapefruit geranium lang lang and it's just like i smell it or like when people try it out when i'm doing pop-ups and stuff they're just like Ah, you know, it's just is like an instant um, calm. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really nice. Um, and then I use the healing body salve that is like a go to product. It's super gentle, um, but really effective in healing like dry skin. I used it for my kids when they were babies and had diaper rashes. It's like mm -hmm. in our first aid kit when we go camping. Um, and it's unscented and it's just a uh, calendula and comfrey infused olive oil and beeswax blended together. So it's, you can use it for that is like sort of a go-to like minor cuts, burns, scrapes, use it under a bandaid, um, or just like dry skin. Um, mm -hmm. so that's great for just like lots and lots of different things. And then the last one that I always use that I have like with me all the time is um, I use the, I have a lip tint um, mm. that is like a lip balm, but has just like a little hint of color and it's super moisturizing and feels great. And also has a really lovely scent of geranium and peppermint. 
and I make it in this little like compostable tube that I love. Um, so yeah, so those are like my top four products. I really can't choose one. Yeah, no, I love that you mentioned a compostable element too. Cause I think going back to what you were saying earlier about impact Mm -hmm. with natural products, that's also a big concern. I think for a lot of folks that make natural products is what is the impact of your footprint? And I know so many, um, creatives are trying to find more sustainability. How has that been for you? Has that been a big part of what your work is? Has that been something more recent? That has always been part of my work. Um, Mm -hmm. I, from the beginning, um, I have always used either glass or glass bottles and jars or uh, metal tins or um, now using these compostable tubes. I've never used plastic packaging at all. Um, The only thing I really am not finding a way to get around is like the pumps in the oil bottles. So, um, but yeah, that, and almost like, you know, sometimes to a bit of a crippling point where I'm like having a debate on like what kind of packing tape to order to use for, you know, when I ship my products for online orders and I, or like, I recently just bought a new shipping label printer and I spent like a few months researching like which <laughs> printer to get that I could use with, you know, the most sustainable labels. And luckily I feel really happy and, and grateful that I have several other like small business maker friends who are also very sustainably minded in terms of these things. So we can like bounce ideas off each other or share resources. Um, so I have a good friend who had done a lot of research on shipping label printers also. Um, Um, And it wasn't just, you know, and it was actually, um, it's great to be in community with other people like this, because I was getting really focused on the printer that I could use the most sustainable labels with that I could purchase these labels that were like, where you can recycle the, the label paper, like that you pull the label off of what's left. Um, Because often those are not recyclable. Yeah. That like waxy paper that you pull stickers off of and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was getting really focused on that. And a friend of mine was like, actually, I think it's the ink in the label in the printer that is more unsustainable. And so she had found there are these like thermal inkless printers. Anyways, this is going down a really nerdy rabbit hole, but I so love it's it. great to be in community with people who think about these things um, as much or more than I do, because I wasn't even thinking about the ink as, um, as a factor in sustainability. And so, um, so yeah, so packaging, um, labels, um, I try to definitely try to use, um, the, the labels that I use on my products are, um, made from, it's called calcium carbonate, which is like ground up rocks. So they're, they look and feel kind of plasticky and waterproof, but they're not plastic at all. Um, I'm hoping to, because I've had several customers ask about this, try to figure out a way for folks to return packaging to me and that I could potentially Mm -hmm. reuse. It's not possible with all of the packaging, but like glass bottles and jars, um, I could sanitize and clean and reuse those. And I've had a couple customers ask about that. And at this point, I've kind of done it on like a case by case basis, but, um, I want to be able to implement something where that's, you know, I have like a program for that or something. Cause I definitely would love to encourage that, um, when possible. So yeah, that is definitely, 
another aspect of, you know, sustainability to me really means both sustainable for the earth in terms of, you know, the footprint as far as packaging and, and the waste, you know, I compost all that when I infuse herbs into oils and then I strain them out, I compost all of that. Um, but also sustainable for me, you know, so there's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, what's sustainable in terms of me running the business as well. And that goes back to, you know, some of what we talked about earlier in terms of pricing and, and selling things for what they're really worth and that type of thing. So yes, that is definitely something I think about a lot. Yeah. I love that you mentioned <laughs> like all, all the things that you were talking about as you were listing them off the tape, <laughs> the labels, I was like, Hmm. I've never thought about the sustainability of those things. And that's so that's, that's stuff that we need to be more aware of like 100%. I, the most I've been doing for myself and my business is thinking yeah. about, oh, well, I need sleeves for my prints. Do I have biodegradable sleeves? Yeah. But when it comes to all of the, the trash or waste that we produce, it, there's so much of it that we're just so unaware of. And it's yeah. really powerful to hear um, the mindfulness that you are bringing up to that, but also having a community. I love hearing about that like-minded community to share those resources. And I yeah. Think, yeah. And you know, it's a little, you know, uh, almost depressing about it is this friend of mine that I was talking about with the printer. It was like, we're so tiny and yes our impact still matters but you know if if some big company like target or amazon you know if they thought about these things to the level that we are thinking about like that's where the real impact would come from you know right. like the amount of waste that i would be creating from not being able to recycle my shipping label paper you know it's like very minimal, still important. And I think it, it resonates, you know, in talking to other people about it. And I think that's can also be where some of the impact comes from in, in the ripple effect of like talking to other makers about it and talking to customers about it. So they're aware and, and, you know, it's still important, but sometimes it's like, oh, we, I spend so much time thinking about this and like, I'm so tiny. <laughs> 100%. I feel that so much. There's like a meme that I saw come out where it was like me recycling plastic for 20 some years. Elon Musk goes to space, just like rams through it. It's like, no, my car, yes, my, my exactly. footprint. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's like so many of us spend a lot of time and effort and energy, like trying to make these choices. And then, yeah. But, mm -hmm. but it's still important. It's still important. And it, it does, you know, I think it does have a ripple effect on, on people around us. So we got to keep going. 100%. I, I love that you, you bring that up because that is, it can, we can all get lost in the weeds, but if we have our standards, we have our like convictions of what is right and wrong on a, um, environmental level mm -hmm. that does make a difference in yeah. so many ways. And so I'd love to ask at yeah. this point, what is your spiritual practice? Yeah, um, I would say, um, so I'm Jewish and I was um, not very religious, but I would say raised like more culturally, um, but also, you know, some, some level of 
you know, as a, as a religious Jew, but not super. And, and I would say mostly that's where like a lot of my values came from more so, um, um, than religious belief per se. Like, um, I, I think that, um, I don't really believe in God, but, um, I would say that I believe, and you know, this won't, be surprising given our conversation, but I believe in community. Um, I think that's like when, when I go to synagogue or go to, or, you know, have any conversations or think about the concept of God, like in my head, I just translate that word to community because I think Mm. that's, you know, the idea of, of, of that is something bigger than yourself. Right. And Mm -hmm. so for a lot of people that can be something that's sort of, celestial or esoteric or some, you know, being in the sky or the stars. Um, and I, to me, it's, I think of community as something that's bigger than myself. Um, and I do think of that as something that's more powerful than just me. Um, and I, I kind of had a bit of a, a revelation. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use that word, but like a, a realization, um, you know, several years back, actually in a in a religious service, but where I really had this that made that connection for the first time of like, oh, community is is what's bigger than me. And so I, I don't know how that necessarily translates to like my spiritual practice. It's not necessarily a a daily thing or, you know, ritual, um, you know, my family observes some holidays and, but it is mostly about, you know, a lot of the holidays and a lot of the stories that we tell and with, you know, that we're teaching my kids are, is about, um, is about community, is about social justice and, um, you know, stories of different holidays that are about like welcoming the stranger and overcoming oppression. Um, and so, I guess that's my spiritual practice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that really answers the question. No, it does. And I think it's such a beautiful answer. Um, and actually what it reminds me of is years ago, back in the olden days of 2016, (laughs) so long ago when I remember Bernie Sanders was being Mm -hmm. asked about, um, his belief and, and, you know, God, something bigger, that concept and him bringing up that, that connection of, we are all, if you're in pain, then we're, I'm in pain and this like mm-hmm. community care. And it's so interesting to also kind of notice that you both have a similar background, maybe not the same, but coming from, um, Judaism is that, that feels very potent and very like powerful magic that we need is that acknowledgement of maybe we don't need to focus on something way over there and above us, but really focus on how do we serve those around us. And I just, I, I come back to that, that clip of Bernie when you're saying that, because everything that you've shared today has been about, the bigger picture, the community. And I think if we saw community more as, well, this is the bigger picture. This is God. We, we can, we are walking amongst it. 
um, that brings so much more compassion, so much more love and so much more desire to do more that I think sometimes we, we get lost in the weeds because as we, as you mentioned earlier, the divisiveness of belief systems that we can get wrapped up into it, it, it leads us short sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense what you're saying. And I think, yeah, I think that, you know, I, I'm definitely interested in, um, you know, spiritual practices like astrology and tarot. They're not things I am super knowledgeable about, but I am interested in them. And I do believe that, you know, that does, they, they are meaningful to me, but I think Mm -hmm. that as you're saying, like what has resonated with me the most is this, like, we're among what's happening in the world, you know, just something more earthly and something like the people around us are what are here now. And this is where we're meant to be. Um, and, and yeah, and that, that community is that, that bigger picture, as you were saying that, that I love how you put that. Um, Mm. so I think that's just, that's just what has resonated with me the most. Um, but yeah, I like reflecting on like how that's a, how that's a practice for me. I'm not, uh, that's something to reflect on some more maybe, but yeah. Yeah. To me and hearing, and like for this connecting in my brain, the act of you making your work is a part of that spiritual practice. Cause that yeah. is how you connect back to the community. I just, I'm like buzzing. I just <laughs> really love, um, what you said is really resonating with me because I think, um, especially just to be honest, growing up in a Christian church, uh-huh. um, you know, we, I, I saw my belief system that I was being raised in constantly losing sight of, um, how do we do more for the individuals around us rather mm-hmm. than focusing on saving their souls? Mm-hmm. How do we, just make sure everyone's okay. And I think that's, that's just so refreshing and like the magic that we really need in the world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. (sighs) But with that said, I would love for you to share with everyone where they can find you, find these beautiful products of, just luxurious, simple self-care. I am just excited to maybe get some for myself. So yeah, just share with us where folks can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So my website um, is juliaelise.com. That's J-U-L-I-A-E-L-I-S-E. And um, you can also find me on Instagram at Shop. And yeah, those are probably the best ways. I have an email newsletter um, that goes out a couple times a month. So um, that's another place to hear some of my ramblings. Um, And I do have an online journal as well that has been a little bit dormant, but um, hopefully um, now that I have my new website up and running, I'll be getting back to that a little bit. And that's another place where I've been enjoying writing about some of these more you know, philosophical ideas about care and self-care and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where I am. Beautiful. Thank you, Julia. It was such a pleasure. This was really, really great conversation. Thank you so much.